my man. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? Oh, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. Everybody, don't sit down. Don't sit down. Even if you're watching online, you got to help me out. Take your right finger, put it right here like this. Go like this. Now, look, point at your right eye, and everybody just say this. Say, I'm keeping my eye. Not bad. You got to do a little bit. Come on, say, I'm keeping my eye. Now, look at somebody near you. Look them in the eye. Point at your own eye and say, I'm keeping my eye. Answer that person and say, all right, all right, all right. You can sit down, you can sit down, you can sit down. That's good. NCU, what's up? It's great. You know, you know it's bad when the weather person says it's going to be a great day. It's above zero. I'm just going to let you brothers and sisters know. When I got on the plane yesterday in southwest Florida, it was 87 degrees at 12.45 when the plane took off. When I landed here, it was 7. I went from an 80 degree, it's so different. It was cold. What's up, NCU basketball team? How y'all doing up there? Hey, I'm a little mad. I, I had already looked at the schedule online, and I was going to drive to Martin Luther this afternoon and watch y'all play but they said they won't let me in. No, it's some kind of COVID thing. So I need y'all to drop 90 on them fools tonight, please. Thank you very much. Can you say fool up here? How do you, how do you interpret fool? Oh. Don't tell, don't he? I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that on somebody. They're just going to go. They're going to be saying something really stupid. I'm just going to go. We've all learned something. Let's go home. Let's pray. Look, I just want to drop something on you. I want to drop a thought on you before we go into praise and worship. Just one thought, okay? If you got a Bible, go to 1 Samuel chapter 11. 1 Samuel chapter 11. I want to read you a story, all right? The very first king of Israel. The first king is King Saul. And this is his first problem. He became king. He had a problem. Here it is. It says this. Naaz the Ammonite went and besieged Jabesh Gilead. And all the men in Jabesh said to him, make a treaty with us and we will be subject to you. Now, hold on. I got a problem. First of all, how can you let somebody walk up in your house without a fight? Sometimes you got to fight. Sometimes you got to decide I ain't letting this happen. I'm, I'm taking my stand. I'm putting my foot down. It's like the dude on a snowy day who dove in a pit and towed a line. You got to have some kind of ump in you. And if you ain't got it in yourself, God's got it for you. Watch. Watch what happened. Watch this. It says the elders, verse three, the elders of Jabesh said to him, give us seven days so that we can send messengers throughout Israel. If no one comes to rescue us, we will surrender to you. When the messengers came to, to, to give you. Now, look, I got OK. I missed. I went too far. Where did I go? Hold up. Wait, wait. There it is. Go back to verse two. I skipped verse two. But Naaz the Ammonite replied, I will make a treaty with you only under one condition that I gouge out the right eye of every one of you to bring disgrace to Israel. Y'all got it. So here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Everybody say I'm keeping my eye. There are more people in the world right handed and left handed. 
So this dude, this, this Naaz dude, he knew what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. Because back then, you didn't use a gun. You didn't have no gun. There wasn't no gun. You had a sword and a spear and maybe a shield. Now watch this. The shield, I found out, goes from two inches below the knee to three inches above the shoulder, which is right about eye level. The sword in his right hand, shield in his left hand. If they gouge out your right eye and you're right-handed, they just took your fight. Are y'all with me on this? They just took away your fight. You have no fight left in you. You have nothing. You can't do anything. You can't help anybody. All you can do is try to protect yourself. This dude, Naaz, knew exactly what he was doing. So they sent it out. Verse 4. When the messenger came to, to Saul, all right? Saul, the Bible says Saul was in the field plowing with oxen. Okay, there's a phone up here. It might be God, okay? <laughs> If it is, answer. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Who's the keyboard player? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> that don't bother me. It's good. Poor thing. Poor keyboard player's like, oh, no. It's my mom. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Tell her I said hi. Okay. Okay, check it out. Check it out. So the messenger got to where Saul was, all right? And here's what it says. It says, King Saul was in the field plowing. Anybody get that? King Saul was in the field plowing. Okay, he the king of Israel. And he's still in the field plowing. Once you become king, you don't plow no more, do you? Isn't that the rule? Once you get what you want, do you still have to work? Once you get what you want, do you still have to like finish a task? Do you still have to sharpen your tools? Do you still have, once you beat the giant, you're it. You don't have to worry about anything like a woman bathing naked. Are, are y'all with me? I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just giving you a little something before we go into praise and worship. You got to understand something. What King Saul did as a king was pretty amazing in chapter 11. He kept doing what he knew to do. He knew how to plow. He knew how to plant. He knew how to make sure his people were fed. He didn't leave it all to somebody else. He did his part. Be that preacher. Be that businessman. Be that businesswoman. He was plowing. He came back. Everybody crying. Everybody crying. Everybody crying. He goes, why y'all crying? What's wrong? And they go, J-Bash Gilead. They, they took it. And they said, they, well, nobody's going to gouge out the right eye of every man. The Bible says that the power of God fell on King Saul and he got angry. Hello? So he couldn't get angry in himself. He plows for a living. But when God came upon him, God says, I'm going to give you the power to succeed. It said he took two oxen and he ripped them apart. Oxen, they, that's a lot of blood. He's like had the heart still beating in his hand when he like, can you imagine? He said he gave the pieces to the messengers and said, go, tell the band to meet me tomorrow at 12 noon. So these people, these dudes, these guys got these inner guts of these oxen and they walk into a town and look at the leaders and go, King Saul said, meet him tomorrow or else. That would change your mind right there. And guess what? The next day, everybody was there. You know what they did? They went back. And he said, tell the people of Jabesh, noon tomorrow, they will be free. And guess what happened by noon the next day? They were free. Clap your hands. King Saul knew what he was doing. Everybody say chapter 11. Now watch this. Chapter 15, then chapter 31. 
Go to chapter 31, verse 3. 1 Samuel 31, 3. The fighting grew fierce around King Saul, and the archers overtook him and wounded him critically. Saul said to his armor bearer, draw your sword and run me through so that these uncircumcised fellows will not come and ruin me through with abuse me. But his armor bearer was terrified and would not do it. So Saul took his own sword and he fell on it. Did y'all get this? So Saul took his own sword and he fell on it. And Saul was dead. When the armor bearer saw he was dead, he too fell on his sword. So Saul, his three sons, and his armor bearer, and all the men died that day. Okay, now look at me. No matter where you're at, where you're watching this, look at me. How can 20 chapters change so much? How do you go from chapter 11, where you say, meet me at noon, and you save an entire city, to chapter 31, where you're taking your own life? What can we learn before we do praise and worship today? It's real simple. Everybody say, I'm keeping my eye. Come on, say, I'm keeping my eye. It's never, ever, ever wrong not to fall in love with God every day of your life. Every day started with him so that you can end the day with him still. It all came down to chapter 15. Here's where King Saul lost everything. Verse 3. Now attack the Amalekites and totally destroy everything that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put to death the men, the women, the children, the infant, the cattle, the sheep, the camels, the donkeys. But Saul and his army spared Agag and the best of the sheep and the cattle and the fatted calf and the lamb. Everything that was good. Another version of the Bible says they kept what was pleasing to the eye. I don't think y'all with me this morning, but I'm just going to go ahead and lay this on you. It said kill everything. It said destroy everything. It said leave nothing. God said totally do it, do it, do it. Get rid of it all. Get rid of it all. Get rid of it all. But guess what? They kept what was pleasing to the eye. Listen to me today. You're like, well, I'm not as in love with God as I was before because, you know, I've come to know I'm a grown man now. I'm in college. I got my own. I know what's right. I know what's wrong. Are you still in the right atmosphere for God to speak to you now? Now. Are you still in the right place for God to talk to you? Or have you let even education come in and shift who you are in him? No, you got to keep him on that throne. There's something supernatural about following Jesus Christ with everything that you have that separates you even from the book knowledge that you can learn in college. It's something that adds to what you are going to become in this world. It's something that separates you from a normal man. A normal man would keep the fatted calf. A normal man would keep the, he would keep it, keep it, keep it. But God said, kill it all. Are you willing and able and in a position to do exactly what God tells you to do? Somebody say, I'm keeping my eye. Come on, say it again. I'm keeping my eye. I don't think y'all were ready for me this morning. I don't think you were expecting this this morning, but I'm here to challenge you. I got two days to challenge you. And day one is simple. You got to keep your eye. That's your faith. That's your hope. That's what separates you from the rest of the world. We're doomed, but Jesus. We can't make it, but Jesus. There's no way out, but Jesus. I'm lost, but Jesus. You got to have that, but Jesus in you. And if you lost it, it's time to get it back. Not next week, not next month, not when you graduate, but today is the day. Maybe I titled this wrong. 
Maybe the title shouldn't be, I'm keeping my eye. Maybe I should have said, I want my eye back. I want my eye back. I want my hope back. I want my love back. It's cold outside. Literally. And figuratively. <laughs> Today, we get our eye back so tomorrow we can dream. Oh, by the way, I'm preaching on dreams tomorrow. You're not going to want to miss tomorrow. But today we got to get it back so that tomorrow we can look up ahead. Are you all ready? Listen to me very carefully. God has a way of giving back what's taken. There was once in the Bible a blind man named Barnabas. I love Barnabas. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. If you ever go to Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52, you could read it. But a lot of people don't know this, but when I came to North Central in, in the 80s, a lot of you know I'm a saxophone player, but I picked up my saxophone and I've realized that in the afternoon all these business people leave downtown and I figured I'd just throw my case open and start playing songs. And get a little cash for the weekend. Word. <laughs> and it worked out really well until I, the police came. <laughs> and they would chase me. And, and I got away because they were chubby white dudes. And I, it was good. <laughs> but one day, they hired a black guy. <laughs> Shut up, basketball team. He was a brother. He could run. He chased me down. I looked. I said, what are you doing? <laughs> And he goes, bro, why don't you just go down to the courthouse and pay $15 for a license and you can play on the street corner? I didn't know. So he told me and I went, oh, I'm going to do that. So guess what? The same chubby cop put money in. I'm like it because I had a license. Now watch this. Some of you are like, what does that got to do with blind Bartimaeus? Oh, it's good. You see, blind Bartimaeus was sitting on the side of the road, and he started yelling, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, have mercy on me. Do you know what he was doing when he was yelling? He heard Jesus was coming by, so he started yelling, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, have mercy on me. He was doing praise and worship. I mean, there was no music, there was no leader, there was no piano, but he was literally proclaiming out loud who God is and who he wanted God to be. Jesus, son of David, that's who you are. He's have mercy on me. That's what he needed. What do you want to proclaim this morning when we sing in about five minutes? What do you want to proclaim? Let's proclaim who he is so that we get to ask him what we need. And I'm going to tell you something's going to happen because guess what happened? As he was yelling, people around him was like, shut up, shut up, man, shut up. You see, sometimes the world will yell at you to be quiet. Even at North Central, the world will yell at you. They don't know what you came through to get to this campus. They don't know what you went through this weekend to get to school today. They don't know what happened. They don't know where you're from. They don't know the fight in your head that you're trying to overcome in Jesus' name. And guess what? Who cares if they don't know? This is you and Jesus. In about three minutes, it's you and Jesus. It's you and Jesus. That blind man, all of a sudden, the Bible says Jesus stopped. Everybody say, Jesus stopped. 
Wouldn't it be awesome in two minutes and 57 seconds if we sing in a way that makes Jesus stop in Minneapolis? If he stopped while you're watching this on Zoom, if he stops while you're in the balcony, if he stops right before you go to play a basketball game, what if he wanted to stop for you today? Just put on the brakes. And he did. And he says, bring him to me. And what if our praise and worship makes God say, bring him to me, bring her to me, bring the hurt, bring the pain, bring it to me, bring it to me, bring them to me. Now, here's what happened in verse 50. Blind Bartimaeus stood up, took his coat off, and he went to Jesus. Now, what y'all don't understand, and here it is real fast. That coat he got from the government, proclaiming that he was blind, lame, crippled, couldn't see, and he could beg. So when people saw the jacket or the clock, they knew that when they saw that clock, they knew that he was legit. That dude cannot see. Blind Bartimaeus. Before he changed his first name, blind, he took the coat off. He took the right to beg off. He took off what made him what everybody told him. He took it off. He's still blind, but he took off the world's, what the world said he was. He had to take it off before the world could see he was not that anymore. Some of you today, you got to take it off before you get your eye back. Take off the pain. Take off the shame. Take off the sorrow. Take off yesterday. Take off what happened last night. Take off that that girl left you for your little brother that's a bad scenario that was so bad smoke started coming out I'm just saying look at your neighbor and say I want my eye back look at your other neighbor and say I want my eye back now look at somebody and say I'm keeping my eye when he took off that coat and went to Jesus he got up to Jesus Jesus said what do you want me to do he said I want to see and he said your faith has made you whole your faith is going to make you whole today. Get your eye back. Fight to keep your eye. For tomorrow, we dream. God bless you.